Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Smart Muslimer Podcast. My name is Farhat Amin, I'm your host. Have you subscribed? It only takes a minute and if you do, you'll never miss an episode again. Love the podcast? Well, please leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on and why not share it on WhatsApp or Instagram? My handle is farhatamin underscore UK. So please go ahead and follow me and share it with your friends, inshallah. My name is Farhat Amin and I am your host. Inshallah, I hope you're enjoying the lovely summer weather that we're having and getting a chance to go out with your kids, whether it's on picnics or to the seaside. You know, we don't get much sunshine in the UK, so when we do, we get really happy. Um, So let's talk about the podcast today. Um, I'm going through different issues um, regarding raising Muslim teenagers, particularly for parents living in secular Western countries. Um, So today's episode is really different. I interviewed a um, university student. She's 19. And so she has gone through the teenage years, you know, the really difficult years. And I know for a lot of you guys, your kids are younger. And what I thought would be so good was to hear firsthand account and advice from a girl who has gone through a lot of the issues that our children uh, will be going through and just how to how she navigated and found a way to find Islam and to find some peace and tranquility. And she's got some really good advice at the end of the podcast, actually throughout the podcast. Now, inshallah, if I also, with every podcast, I do write a blog post. Um, sometime, with this one, it will be... Um, a bit of a transcript of the conversation we had, as well as iron hadith regarding, you know, how does Allah view, tell us to view success in Islam. So if you go to my blog, which is on the website, www.farhatamin.com blog, um, you can get the information there. There's, I always try to put useful links for you to, if you want to read up more on, um, on the things that I've discussed in the podcast. Um, the best way to keep updated on when there's new episodes is to, you know, subscribe to whichever platform you're listening on. If you subscribe to it, um, to the podcast, and then you'll automatically, it'll come onto your phone. Also, if you go on my website, you can then subscribe to my newsletter, which is the VIP club. And I send emails when a new um, episode comes out. Okay, so let's listen to my conversation with Amina. Assalamu alaikum, Amina. Jazakallah khair for coming on to the podcast. Well, yaki. Thank you for having me. Quite brilliant. So now, Amina, the reason why I wanted you on was that um, I'm doing a um, series of podcasts I'm doing at the moment is about what it's like to be a Muslim teenager, you know, um, going up in UK, you know, in a very liberal Western society. And I think it would, I think it'd be really good for uh, my audience to just he- listen to what your experience has been. Um, so if we could start with, um, what was your upbringing like? And what is it that made you um, decide that you wanted to, you know, start practicing Islam in a, you know, a more holistic and fuller way? Yep. So um, I grew up in a very non-islamic environment my parents didn't really think that teaching islam was a um, priority 
so um I didn't really know much about um Islam at all I literally only knew that we had to pray five times a day men grew a beard women wore the headscarf and we had to fast so that's as far as my knowledge went um subhanallah so um my parents sorry yeah no go ahead yeah carry on so my parents um fled from war from Albania in mm-hmm. in sorry from Kosovo in 2000 and um they came to the UK so their main priority to raise me and me and my sister was to make sure that we had sort of the best the best education we um we focused only on education we we um so my my parents wanted us to be sort of to have a lifestyle that they couldn't they didn't want us to go through the hardships that they went which is obviously every parent want that wants that for their child so um so yeah that was my my parents main focus it was to um raise us um thinking sort of okay having very big um aspirations in life and knowing mm. what, what what we want to work as knowing what what um job we we want to achieve so their goal in life was to um make sure that this happened so if we needed private tutors they would make sure that we had that if we needed um any equipment they made they, they made sure that we had that because my parents obviously couldn't speak english at that time mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. were very worried about that um so they made sure that we had sort of all the um help and aid that we could get so mm-hmm. um now, now, if I could just subject that, it's quite interesting. That sounds very similar to what, um, like, for example, you're saying that your parents um, were from Kosovo, but I can think yeah. of um, whether it's Pakistani, Bengali, mm-hmm. um, Indian Muslims, that they, you know, I think of the people who come to me for tuition. Um, yeah. they, that's exactly what they want as well. Exactly, and, yeah. Um, and so in having that aspiration isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. How, do you think um, maybe that was overemphasized? I think to the, I think it it does become over um, overemphasized when you completely take out um, Islam from from the child's life. I mm. think that's that's when it becomes an issue because then at at the end of the day, that um, degree or that job that you get, um, first of all, you might not even be able to reach the, the age to get that job, or you, it, it it's not the main goal in in life it won't complete you it won't all of a sudden Mm. make you um make you you know feel feel happiness or some sort of joy because now now you have that dream job actually it's the it's the opposite that happens so I think that's when the that's when the issue comes in is that um when the when the when the parents don't encourage islam into the child's life then that can mm. cause a problem for the for the child's future yeah because like i'm thinking i know uh during ramadan now that yeah. the fasts are longer and there are exams going on yeah. during ramadan now i was very surprised to hear that um muslim children aren't some are not fasting during mm-hmm. ramadan because they've got exams yeah so this is an example where then the education is put before they um you know a, a basic obligation that everyone knows you know people won't um wake their children up for fajr yes whereas uh, because they think again they need their sleep but then 
sending them, letting them study all night or going to having extra classes. And I think that's, that's, I think what we're talking about here, that mm-hmm. when you put education, put so much emphasis to the, where you're then ignoring Islam because you think, no, they have to get that education. They have to get that job. That's when there's a problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So then what, what changed, when did you decide, what, what happened to make you then think, um, actually, I'm going to look at Islam and find out, you know, more about Islam here? So what happened was I, I was um, introduced to Islam at university. Um, that's sort of when everything just peaked. I was, um, I was always question, um, questioning God, does God, you know, I always knew that God was there, but I wanted to know where, as in, where is he really? As in, how can I, how can I get closer to God? How, how do I know more about God? What religion do, do I follow? Um, is there a right religion? Is there a wrong religion? Not wrong, subhanAllah, but is there, is there sort of, where the truth, that, that's it. Yes. <laughs> I just want yeah, to know it, the yeah. truth. <laughs> I got there at the end, but um, so... Yeah. So what happened was at university that peaked just because I live out. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the time I'm alone. And there's a reason why suicide rates and de- and depression and, and, and um, anxiety, it kind of, it just goes, it just increases so much at uni just because every student is alone. They have maybe two hours of lectures every day and then they go into their dorm um, they can't really do much because of lack of money so they can't really all of a sudden just spend on so much and have so much fun so what they yeah. end up doing is they just end up staying in their room on their phone over overthinking everything so that's usually how it starts that I know happened for me as well so I thought okay um, is this it is this life I've worked my whole life for university I've worked my whole life to, to course why don't yeah. I feel that happiness that my parents promised that I would feel? Why don't I feel that complete sort of, why don't, why doesn't my soul feel complete? Because my mm. parents told me that that's what I would feel like once I'm at uni. So, yeah. um, so basically once I've achieved my, my, um, my goals in life. So I thought, okay, I've, I've done everything. I've sort of been a top student throughout my whole life. Why am I feeling like this? So I happen one day to walk into the prayer room at my university and it literally just said there join and it gave a number and I thought you know what what's the worst that can happen let me just Mm -hmm. join so I put the number on my phone and I messaged the um, number and I said I would like to join I didn't even know what I was joining but I said I would like to join (laughs) I would like to join and um and so yeah and then they put me into a um sister's group chat with all the other Muslims at my university and I thought oh subhanallah I thought wow I got really I got um I didn't I didn't expect there to be so many Muslims at my at my um uh, university so and then they would post stuff like okay we have a lecture on this date and we have a lecture on this date and this person's coming and we have pizza and at first I was like okay there's pizza let me go (laughs) so um but yeah, and then afterwards, I just felt in love with with the with the religion. I couldn't believe that I didn't I didn't know any of this before. I couldn't believe that this was not part of my life as a as a young child. And 
I think oh. as as a te- as a teenager now, I know, inshallah, if I have children, I know, I would like to raise them with Islam, with having that into 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 their lives. Because I know that if you don't have that in your life, you will never ever feel complete. You will always be questioning life. You will always be lost. Like like Allah says in the, in in the Quran, verily man is oh. lost. So yes. So I I that that has affected me a lot that um that kind of yeah so well yeah the thing is it sounds like you've um what was i i was listening to something uh gosh was it yesterday saying that you know the sweetness of faith yes yes that's what alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. you've got you got that and you can just tell and and now the thing is now what is so now alhamdulillah allah guided you to to islam and interesting that now you must have then um but then you came across muslim students um whether it was at college previously or even the muslim students you see at university Mm -hmm. what now uh, based on what like um i went to uni my okay that was a while ago but my son Mm -hmm. like he tells me about how his friends um and you know even my nieces tell me as well that they when they go from home mm-hmm. and they and again they're alone that these children uh, well they're not children these these young adults were raised they were taught taught islam so they went to they were taught quran they went to madrasa they were the things that a lot of my listeners do with their children but now when they then go to university yeah. and they are now away from mum and dad um it's like the freedom it's like uh, there's freedom yes. there there's so much um it, it's they can be completely individualistic and mm-hmm. do whatever makes them happy and now they're choosing to well what do you see that they're choosing to do so what i've noticed with the um muslims that i've come i've come across at college and at university mainly at um, u- um university is that most of them are or were as lost as i was so um mm-hmm. it was the fact that um they didn't practice islam into their everyday lives at university i'm i have no idea what they would do at home but i from what i could see is that they would try to be someone that they're not they would try to hide their is um islamic identity they would try to fit in with other groups of people they would um now that they have that freedom, especially that that we live outside. So, at my at my um, university, most people are from London, and they and they live there for mm-hmm. the for the um, academic year. So, I've seen. I think that was also one of the main reasons what pushed me to go to that prayer room in the first place is the fact that I would see Muslims and non-Muslims alike drinking, mm. going right. out, smoking. Um, being very free next to um, each other, and for some reason, all these things felt wrong to me. My, hmm. I would, I was always that type, that kind of person that would just always listen to my heart, and my heart was telling me that this stuff is not right. Even though I was, um, e- even though I would probably be that kind, that person that they would see, just hmm. because I didn't know any better my like I said my cousins are models and stuff like that so I've had their influence in me and and I was raised with them so I would 
I would also I would actually probably be that person that they would see oh look um just that some random person that would be with these kind of group of people that would go out clubbing and do this do this kind of stuff but my heart would not be content there was something wrong mm. with this and I didn't know why there, nothing told me that this was wrong but my heart would so I think when I found the truth and when actually Allah guided me and told me you know this is the reason why you shouldn't be doing this through the through the Quran then mm. I think it's so sad that I see Muslims that were raised as Muslims that were that went to um the mosque that could that could read the Quran in in um Arabic that's in itself a blessing I mean I opened the Quran and subhanallah it looked like patterns like I would literally tell people this looks like a pattern to me so I think it's such a blessing that they've been raised with um, Islam in their everyday lives yet once they come to university they have that taste of freedom and they would choose that over Allah I think for Mm. me that um that was sort of the biggest issue, which is why, which is why I decided to be dawah officer at my un- at my university. I oh, wow, exercise. Yeah. Oh, excellent! So that, That's now, brilliant. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah. Just because now I know how to reach that group of people, because I was that group of people. I was there. I had uh, been there. I know yeah. the Muslims there. So I feel like, in inshallah, I could sort of be that hand that they could grab out of out of that hole that they're in. You know. So, yeah, because you're so right. When you do, um, once you find the truth, yeah. you don't want to keep it to yourself. It's oh, not a thing that definitely. oh, I'm so amazing now. And <laughs> I mean, I have embarrassing stories. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought, Subhanallah, where has this truth been? Why does why didn't nobody tell me about this before? I thought it was my mission to go and tell everyone, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Alhamdulillah, your enthusiasm, it, it's, Masha, it's very genuine and it's, and it's good to hear. And so the thing is, so now, okay, like my, um, so for a mum who's listening to this yeah. podcast, um, now her, if her children are younger at the moment and if she's thinking, okay, I don't want that to have, I don't want that to be my kid, that they, only when they were at home uh, and under, under my watch, were they um, praying yes. and fasting yeah. once they, once they leave home, it's like everything looks much better than Islam. Mm-hmm. What is it that um, they can be doing now to, inshallah, um, not have that uh, their child go astray? I think the main thing is to have to build their taqwa. So I feel like I ah, yes. already had that for some reason. Subhanallah, Allah has put that in me, and it was very strong from a very very young age. But I think. Um, parents, I think the main thing that parents should do is build that within them. Why? The, the, the reason is why, because once they go to university, I'm nine out, I mean, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I'm, I can, I'm certain and I can say for, with certainty that even though your child was probably the most practicing, the most in love with the dean, once that's once that's there and once you're alone with the sh- um, sh- shaitan in your dorm, you can mm. think anything. You can think all sorts of things. You are tempted by other people. That's just human yes. nature. That's just how Allah even actually calls these desires natural. So you can't 
we can't just take that away from a person because that's not how it works so they will they will definitely do something even if it's minor even or or major they will do something but if you build that taqwa within them that Mm. awareness of allah they will come back yeah that's that's Mm. yeah and i think i I think that's that and i think is it that has to happen through like talk we need as mums and it is the role Mm -hmm. because if okay if dad goes out to work and it's the mum's job to do the, to give the therapy to give that education mm-hmm. it's our role we can't give it to someone yes. else um it's we have to start talking to our children about islam yes, now definitely definitely and yeah. and not just talking about it but implementing it into your everyday life so this is what i do with my younger siblings now i make sure that everything everything that they do that there's for, for example there's a hadith on that or or there's a um verse from the um, Quran that explains that that um, that thing that that they might do, or like, or I would make sure that they they're surrounded by Muslims, or that they see the the, the truth, and they don't see the sort the sort of um, because what happens with children is that if, for example, there's a parent that's more aggressive, then they might, and then mm. and then there's the Islam there, they might start to associate Islam with that. So, for example, if a child is forced to wear the headscarf and stuff like that rather than um telling them the reasons why subhanallah i put on the headscarf before i even knew anything about islam to me it was to me i i saw a lecture on i listened to a lecture on it it was the most beautiful thing that i've ever heard for a woman to have Mm. and i put it on straight away proudly walked outside and i would Mm. proudly have it on so i think rather than just saying wear it and then Mm -hmm. and then to wear it because they because that's your because you're their parent they will obey you so them to wear it but then once they have that freedom for them to say why why do i have this on they've never been they've never had that full answer of why they do certain actions why do they have to have the hijab on why so i think rather than to find out rather for them to find out later on in life when it could be too late that job could can be done mm. by parents at a very early stage to beautify the headscarf, yes. to beautify prayer, to beautify calling upon uh, upon your Lord, to beautify fasting. I think once that's mm. done in the correct way, subhanAllah, the anything anything can and anything is possible. I mean, what if yeah. if my parents were to compare me to how I was before it, it's literally two different people two different people so I think once things are done properly and uh, and an explanation rather than just an order it's mm. it's a life it's a life changer it really is no mashallah it does it sounds it you definitely <laughs> sounds like you made a, a, a humblest yeah. good impression <laughs> uh, it was really lovely yeah. to speak to you and you know, you must come on oh, again. Thank you so much. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah.